0: invite you to join me in a word of prayer my gracious father as we gather today we give you thanks thanks for the blessings you give us especially that through the living word of our savior jesus christ of his presence in our life the promises he gives may we stand strong on those promises on that word that you've given to us lord i pray that the words of my mouth the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing to you my lord my rock and my redeemer Amen. Before I start, this image uh, is taken during the flooding that occurred in Fremont. This is looking north into Fremont, the main part of Fremont, is over that viaduct. We worked a block south of this picture. We're still a mile from the river. That's how high the, some of the water came up. And I'll have a couple other, another picture later on to show you as well. Alright, that being said, all men are like grass. And all their glory is like the flowers of the field, is what Isaiah says in the first verse of our sermon text from Isaiah 40. It seems to be an odd comparison, I, you know, to be compared to grass and, and to flowers. But there's worse things one can be compared to. On our way to and from Fremont, Nebraska, where we served a couple weeks ago, we got a lot of windshield time looking at the rolling hills that were covered with corn and beans. And they weren't the most beautiful-looking corn and beans, but they were there. And there was also some wheat fields and fields of grass, and, and it was windy on the way out there. So watching the wind blow through those fields like, and making it look like waves was a welcome sight especially with all the rain and and all the flooding that's been going on this spring. But even when things are normal, more normal in Nebraska, you're still literally surrounded with nothing but cornfields and bean fields. And whether it be here or there, there's something to admire watching the crops grow in the midst of those fields. The other thing that's very prevalent in Nebraska, just north of where we were, which we didn't get to see any. I was really wanting to show them and, and to take them by it. Those are cattle feedlots. They're a great thing. I'm glad Isaiah didn't make that comparison, though. All men are like cows, and their glory is like the smell of ripe manure rising from the yard. Trust me, though, there is nothing there's no beauty found here except for maybe the fact that there's a big juicy steak waiting to land on my plate that's coming from one of these yards. But no matter how bad they smell, and you can smell them for like up to a mile away, and if the winds blowing the wrong way, even farther. No matter how bad they smell, every time you talk to a manager of one of these feedlots or or you talk to a farmer who has hog sheds on his property and you mention about how bad they smell, they all say the same thing. Smells like money. But I want to get back to the much more pleasant grass and the glory of the fields. Uh, this is actually a picture I found of western Nebraska uh, with the tower of rock in the back. If you go through Nebraska in the spring, summer, and fall, it is an absolutely beautiful state. Notice I didn't mention winter winter can be beautiful right after it snows anywhere from 6 to 18 inches but nebraska winters are cold 50 degrees below wind chills Uh, the land is barren and after a few days of digging out of that beautiful snow that snow begins to be colored with multiple colors and it's not so beautiful anymore the rest of the year nebraska is beautiful A flourishing state with a wide variety of things to look at. In the east, there are rolling hills. Yes, there's hills in Nebraska. Just come to our Bible study. You'll see a couple pictures of them. You get to the middle of the state and you get the the sand hills, which are literally hills made of sand. And you get the certain breed of cranes that go through there in the spring. And then in the west is very broad, flat ranch land. If you stop and take a breath, and truly take in the landscape, it is beautiful. But for the people in northern and eastern Nebraska, all that changed on March, March 17th. On March 17th, a historic flood caused torrential rains with, and, the mel, and with the melting snow and all this being on top of frozen ground still and with the rivers and the lakes coming up and the ice chunks breaking and all of that coming down river, Thousands upon thousands of acres of good farmland were destroyed. The waters took out some of those smelly cattle yards, as well as homes and entire communities. You notice this says Arlington, Nebraska. Arlington is on the right-hand side of the screen over here. If you take this highway and go no- west, this is Fremont. Right here is the Elkhorn River where it's supposed to be. You can see where it's. Outside, Fremont for about four days was an island. It's totally trapped off from all directions. The projected damage at the time of the flood for the, just the state of Nebraska was 1.4 billion dollars. Of that total, the damage to agriculture was at 900 million. That includes crops, land, livestock. The whole upper Midwest that was aflo- affected by the flooding projections were around three billion dollars in damage the people of nebraska in particular and others who were flooded know far too well the reality that all men are like grass and their glory is like the flower of the field the grass withers the flower fades the people of isaiah's time people who've been through a major disaster especially the people that we helped in fremont know that things in this life are temporal and that they can change in the matter of seconds and minutes. Some people in Fremont literally only had minutes between the time that they were told and the time that their house was engulfed with water. Grab everything you can. And some just thought, oh, it's only going to be for a day or two. They're still not back in their home. People are staying in homes that are marked with limited access. And even though they were tagged as having this limited access, even though they had this mold growing in this insulation beneath them, they still lived in those homes. Our our team went in and that insulation underneath the homes, we spent an entire week and we cut out that insulation for eight days only to be followed up with another mission team that came through to spray for the mold. But unlike other natural types of disasters that we've seen in the news in the past years, one thing we didn't see much on the news in regards to this flood back in March were people complaining that help wasn't coming quick enough. The people of Nebraska and the surrounding areas, they're a different kind of people. They're a tough type of people when people who when they see a need they drop the things they do and they go and they help from talking to people that we worked for and that we helped as well as my own personal experiences of having multiple tornadoes go around our town and through the town I served in in Wayne neighbors help neighbors people living on the same square mile of land help those who are near them family members go and they help jump in probably the most popular hashtag, and even Justin Timberlake sported a a shirt with it during one of his concerts in Omaha, where people could post pictures and give support and and offer help, was the hashtag Nebraska Strong. You know, God once said in Deuteronomy to his people through Moses, that we're to fear the Lord your God, serve him only, and take your oaths in his name. Do not follow other gods, the gods of the people around you, for the Lord your God is a jealous God. So many times, without even thinking about it, we live, and and I'm guilty of this too, we live as if no sort of disaster will fall upon us. We live as if nothing bad could possibly happen to us. We don't fear God like we should. Instead, we take his blessings for granted and, and follow the other gods of stuff and self the man-made idols of the world that Pastor Meyer talked about last week. But ask a person who's told, you've got 10 minutes to grab whatever you can out of your home because it's going to be flooded out. Ask someone who's trying to put their life back together after a horrendous flood. Ask someone who has lost their job after years of dedication. Or ask a person going through cancer. Or ask a person who's going through divorce or the loss of a loved one. Do bad things happen? Do disasters happen? Of course. Isaiah says the grass withers and the flowers fall. One day things are great in our lives. The flowers are blooming. They're smelling wonderful. And then all of a sudden, in a sentence or in minutes, in days the blooming flower petals begin to fall. But... Isaiah says. Yes, the grass withers, the flowers do fall. And they do so because of the devastation sin has had on this world. Bad things are going to happen. But, but the word of our God stands forever. The word of God stands forever. This word of God is a strong word upon which we stand and strong upon. It's a word that literally created light in in the orders of the seasons in the creation of the world. It's a word that breathed life into man. a, A word which breathes life, eternal life into you and me through the Holy Spirit. It's a word from a cross which forgives. Not only the men who nailed Jesus up to it, but forgives you and me of all of our sins. A word which lives in our living Savior, Jesus Christ. The word that we just sang about, which gives us lips to sing God's glories, tongues to proclaim God's mercy, throats to shout the hope that's within us, and mouths to speak God's holy name. In the Gospel re- reading, Jesus says that the heaven and earth will pass away, but, but my words will never pass away. The word of God, still the still strong standing word of God, Spoken to Joshua eight times, and and to me, numerous, much more times than that, through my confirmation verse, verse says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. That word helps people get through the challenges of life. No matter what, no matter what disaster befalls you or me, Promise is still there. God is with you. Though the raging floodwaters cause billions of dollars in damage, God is still with the people in Fremont, Nebraska, and other places. But just in a different way, in which most people may not think of. I came across a devotion a few years ago when a tornado went through the east side of Wayne and took out our industrial section that I want to share the last part of that with you for my closing. Because when we're in the midst of disaster, in the midst of devastation, when we're going through these dark and and depressing uh, valleys of darkness, it's easy to question, is God still with me? Is God still in control? So listen to these words and stand strong on them. God does have a wonderful plan for your life but it's not what you think. His merciful plan is to crucify you with Christ, bury you with Christ, and raise you to new life in Christ. He does all this in baptism. Baptism unites you with the only God we know. And in that God, the crucified and resurrected Christ, God reveals who He is. He is the God who will never leave you in your sickness, never forsake you in your brokenness, for you have been washed into his body, blooded into his veins, and grafted into the limbs of his flesh. He is the God who goes with grieving spouses to the graveside and will one day go with you as you are carried to the place of your burial, for he is the God who is the resurrection and life, the one in whom we live even though we die. Jesus is the crucified and resurrected God who gave his cheek to those who struck him, his hands to those who pierced him, his ear to those who mocked him, his body and blood to those who crucified him. And in doing so, he secured absolution. He secured forgiveness for us, for the mo- even for the most evil acts imaginable. He reconciled us to the Father by building a bridge from him to us that's constructed out of wood and nails. His cross. He gave us something better than answers to our questions. He gave us life for our death, heaven for our hell, forgiveness for our sin. These are the revealed things of God, His revealed gifts to us. These gifts are not only all that matters, they are also all that satisfies. Here is the hope for the hurting. Here is adoption for the rejected. Here is the God you can see and taste and touch and smell. The God whose name is Jesus Christ. To those of you who are hurting, know that there is a God who loves you, who has always loved you and always will. Jesus will not answer all your questions, but He will give you all of Himself. And in the end, that's all any of us need. Amen.